Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Thursday. It's Thanksgiving Day. In our prayers, we will share uh, and join together in some of those prayers of Thanksgiving that you have shared uh, throughout this week, uh, thanking God for all of God's blessings. As we pray today and throughout this week, uh, or at any time, feel free to add more, uh, more times uh, of gratitude, more things that you are thankful for. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship in praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 2 Samuel chapter 3. There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. David grew stronger and stronger while the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. Sons were born to David at Hebron. The firstborn was Amnon of Ahinoam of Jezreel, his second Chiliab of Abigail, the widow of Nabal in Carmel, the third Absalom, son of Maaka, daughter of King Talmai of Geshur, the fourth Adonijah, son of Haggith, the fifth Sephatiah, son of Abital, and the sixth Ithream of David's wife, Eglah. These were born to David in Hebron. While there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner was making himself strong in the house of Saul. Now Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, daughter of Aah, and Ishbael said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? The words of Ishbael made Abner very angry. He said, Am I a dog's head for Judah? Today I keep showing loyalty to the house of your father Saul, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not given you into the hand of David, and yet you charge me now with a crime concerning this woman. So may God do to Abner, and so may he add, it, add to it, for just what the Lord has sworn to David, that will I accomplish for him, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul, and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan to Beersheba. And Ishbael could not answer Abner another word, because he feared him. 
Abner sent messengers to David at Hebron, saying, To whom does the land belong? Make your covenant with me, and I will give you my support to bring all Israel over to you. He said, Good, I will make a covenant with you, but one thing I require of you, you shall never appear in my presence unless you bring Saul's daughter Michael when you come to see me. Then David sent messengers to Saul's son Ishbael, saying, Give me my wife Michael, to whom I became engaged at the price of one hundred foreskins of the Philistines. Ishbael sent and took her from her husband Paltiel, the son of Laish, but her husband went with her, weeping as he walked behind her all the way to Bahurim. Then Abner said to him, Go back home. So he went back. Abner sent words to the elders of Israel, saying, For some time past you have been seeking David as king over you. Now, bring it about, for the Lord has promised David. Through my servant David I will save my people Israel from the hands of the Philistines and from all their enemies. Abner also spoke directly to the Benjaminites. Then Abner went to tell David at Hebron all that Israel and the whole house of Benjamin were ready to do. When Abner came with twenty men to David at Hebron, David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. Abner said to David, Let me go and rally all Israel to my lord the king, in order that they may make a covenant with you, and that you may reign over all that your heart desires. So David dismissed Abner, and he went away in peace. Just then the servants of David arrived with Joab from a raid, bringing much spoil with them. But Abner was not with David at Hebnon. For David had dismissed him, and he had gone away in peace. When Joab and all the army that was with him came, it was told Joab, Abner the son of Ner came to the king, and he has dismissed him, and he has gone away in peace. Then Joab went to the king, and he said, What have you done? Abner came to you. Why did you dismiss him so that he got away? You know that Abner son of Ner came to deceive you, and to learn of your comings and your goings, to learn all that you are doing. When Joab came out from David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner, and they brought him back from the cistern of Sirah, and David did not know about it. When Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gateway to speak with him privately, and there he stabbed him in the stomach. So he died for shedding the blood of Asahel, Joab's brother. Afterward, when David heard of it, he said, I and my kingdom are forever guiltless before the Lord for the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May the guilt fall on the head of Joab and all of his father's house, and may the house of Joab never be without one who has a discharge or who is leprous or who holds a spindle or who falls by the sword or who lacks food. So Joab and his brother Abishai murdered Abner because he had killed their brother Asahel in the battle at Gibeon. Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and mourn over Abner. And King David followed the bier. They buried Abner at Hebron. The king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave, and all the people wept. The king lamented for Abner, saying, Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. As one falls before the wicked, you have fallen. And all the people wept over him. Then all the people came to persuade David to eat something while it was still day. But David swore, saying, So may God do to me and more if I taste bread or anything else before the sun goes down. All the people took notice of it, and it pleased them, just as everything the king did pleased all the people. 
So all the people in all Israel understood that day that the king had no part in the killing of Abner, son of Ner. And the king said to his servants, Do you not know what a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel? Today I am powerless, even though anointed king. These men, the sons of Zeruiah, are too violent for me. The Lord pay back the one who does wickedly in accordance with his wickedness. As Abner increases in power, the house of Saul, though, is diminishing in its power and influence at the same time, even among the leaders of the northern tribe. So Abner realizes that really the only play that he can make to retain the power and influence that he has has come to accumulate is to side with the Lord's anointed with David. The dispute over Saul's concubine is the final straw. After all, what more can you achieve when you are more powerful than the king that you serve, but you can never wear the crown? And that kingdom itself is destined to fall and continues to shrink. So Abner brokers a deal with David that will hand the rest of the kingdom over to David and bring an end to the house of Saul and elevate Abner to not only kingmaker in the north, but a kingmaker for all of Israel. Yet Joab and his brothers have been waiting for an opportunity to avenge the death of their brother, and they seize the opportunity once David comes into Abner's camp. David is appalled by the murder, and rightly so. Joab's senseless violence will hang like a shadow over his house. Forgiveness and reconciliation between Joab's family and Abner would have unified the kingdom peacefully. So David orders Joab and his brothers to put on sackcloth and to mourn Abner's death. In David's lament, he wonders why God did not raise a hand to stop the murder, but allowed it to transpire. And so here's a very difficult thing to understand, as we know that within this story, we are watching God's will and purposes coming to fruition. Yet nevertheless, Joab kills Abner sheerly out of vengeance and anger, hatred, rage, and he is guilty for taking his blood. For that he is cursed. And at the same time, it is to David's benefit that Abner is dead, since a powerful living Abner could have been no end of trouble to David, and since he could always hold over David and keep David in his debt for making him king over all the land of Israel. Not to mention the fact that it is Abner who has risen up and very arrogantly said that he is the one who is going to hand David the kingdom, who is going to fulfill the word of the Lord. The Lord will not allow anyone to hand the kingdom to David except the Lord. Israel is God's gift to God's anointed and appointed king, and David will only be linked in covenant to the Lord and in praise and thanksgiving for what God has done for him. The Lord will not allow Abner to play kingmaker. God will accomplish through Joab's God's will is accomplished then in the end through Joab's violence, and yet it is not the Lord who ordered or who rewards Joab for this violence. In fact, Joab is punished for it. So what do we make of all this? Perhaps it is simply there to strengthen our trust in the fact that God's will comes about for us and for God's anointed and for God's own people, it comes about even in evil times, that God works all things together for good. 
And it also reminds us to faithfully watch and wait and pray for God to accomplish all that God has promised and to remain like David on the side of the Lord in faithfulness and in trust in turning away from revenge, anger, bloodshed, and hatred in any form. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall come upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebearers, and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially today, we thank you for the sustaining goodness of this creation, for the new creation in Christ and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith we share in your church, and for the gift of relationship with others. And on this day set aside for thanksgiving, we thank you, Lord, for this land uh, that you have brought us all together in. And we are most thankful that you have lifted up our spirits from these pandemic doldrums with the comfort of being together in each other's company and in prayer and in you. We are thankful, Lord, for vaccines. We are thankful for showing us new ways to give to each other and inspiring each other so that we can reach out in ways that we had never imagined before. We thank you for the memories of those who we have shared our lives with, those who now dwell in your glory. We thank you. We thank you for our family and for our friends, for all that you have brought together to be with us and to rejoice with us in good times and to support and sustain and help us through bad times. We are thankful for the jobs that you have given us, for the responsibilities that you have given us in all stations of our life, among our families, in the workplace, in our community, in our church. We are thankful for this opportunity to join together and pray, for opportunities to study and learn from your word. For in these, Lord, you have lifted us up when we are tired, and you have reminded us that in you there is comfort and rest. We are thankful for the strength that you have given us. We are weak, Lord, but your strength makes us whole. We are thankful for family who are far away and for keeping them safe and watching over them in dangerous times. 
And we thank you, Lord, even as we anticipate a time of reunion once again in health. We thank you, Lord, for the work of all frontline workers who continue each and every day to care for us, to help us, and to protect us, to teach us, to serve us. May we, Lord, honor them for their work. For what else are we thankful for? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the people of St. Paul's, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife and warfare, and for those who work for peace and international harmony. We pray, Lord, for those who are abused and neglected and isolated and alone, for all who are sick in body or mind or spirit. We pray for strength and support for all who love and care. We pray, Lord, for all who are working to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. For what else do we ask the Lord today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The blessing of Almighty God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you, dwell upon you, and remain on you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. And happy, happy Thanksgiving.